It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, the only Baltimore podcast that had a live presence at Jimmy Seafood on draft night. We're back for another week. It's myself, Taylor Smythe, Banks, and RDT. And guys, obviously, we have to jump right into it. The draft, the biggest storyline of the week. We went, you know, had an instant analysis podcast after night one, but now we've got an entire draft to wrap up for the Baltimore Ravens. So let's just jump right into it here. As we talked about Thursday night on night one, Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver from Minnesota, and Odafe wants to go by Odafe, not Jason. Oh, wait, uh, the linebacker from Penn State, defensive end, pass rusher, whatever. Uh, the Ravens in round three go to Ben Cleveland, a guard from Georgia, a gigantic human being. Brandon Stevens, converted quarterback from SMU. Uh, in round four, they go Tylen Wallace, who looked like he slipped a little bit, wide receiver from Oklahoma State. Sean Wade, who was a projected first-round pick going into the year from Ohio State, they get in round five, along with Dalen Haynes, a pass rusher from Notre Dame. And then Ben Mason, fullback, tight end, jack-of-all-trades blocker from Michigan in the fifth round. Ravens finished there. Um, they didn't have to wait around in the sixth and the seventh. They got all their work done between rounds one and five. So, Banks, I sent it to you first. Your overall takeaways from a Ravens draft that I think – was considered a success by some, maybe a little disappointing by others, but with recent transactions can be looked at in maybe a more complete light. But just give me your feel for what the Ravens did over the three days. This is going to be the shock of the century, but I love this draft. I love this draft, Merrick oh, really? I do. No I way. really do. I love this draft. I know that's going to take a lot of people by surprise, but I love a draft that Eric DaCosta put together. He accumulated a couple more picks along the way. He kind of mitigated some risk between taking kind of a high four receiver in the first round there and taking more of a risky pass rusher at two positions that I think we all knew needed to be addressed in some manner. The one thing that everyone had the knocks on when you're looking at, at people do their grades across the league and they're, they're really got, This is what bugs me. It's always people on the outside looking in that, are really have one thirty second of their focus on this football team. And they think they know what we're going to do or, or what our actual needs are. I don't know why we, I saw safety as a need like throughout the draft. That was part of, that's, that's a whole nother thing, but the right tackle thing, and this is kind of jumping ahead of topic here, but right tackle, a lot of people banged us for not having picked up a guy to replace Orlando Brown. We had that plan in like virtually set in stone all along to sign Alejandro Villanueva. So we really attacked a lot of places at this draft class that I think that we needed to. We, um, we, we kind of double dipped at positions, which is something that we've tended to do in a lot of draft classes recently, especially wide receiver. We've picked two receivers in the last four drafts. So, um, I mean, I love Bateman. I, like I said, he's a, he's a high floor guy and he, he's kind of a route technician. He does a lot of things that, um, you can't really say about a lot of the first round picks that the Ravens have had in the past because they've always gone for the flashy speedy guy with, you know, with all kinds of, you know, hands issues, or he's always, there's always some sort of flag with one of the guys we get in the first round at receiver. He's not one of those guys. Um, and then like to, to kind of throw a risky high reward kind of guy in there, Tylen Walsh is that guy. I mean, everything that he did, in, in 2018 and 2019 screams superstar, you know, he was probably trending towards being a first round pick at the time and um, him suffering a knee injury late in 2019 and, and kind of having a small relapse with that same knee in 2020, of course, made him fall into the, the fourth round, but he, in, there's some 
qualities that I look at a guy like him and I look at Stefan Diggs and I say, here's a guy who just couldn't get the right situation to have sustained success in college, but clearly has a ton of tools, clearly is a great athlete, clearly is, is very dedicated to being a great receiver. Um, and, you know, they're not the same player necessarily, but, um, it, you know, getting him in the fourth round is, is kind of cut from the same cloth in that same regard. And I can go on and on about a handful of these guys too. I mean, they, I mean, I'm kind of blabbering here cause I'm excited about him. There's, I mean, Ben Cleveland, what's not to like about a guy who's, he's a, huge. who's a boat. I mean, he's massive. I, I, I love everything about him. And this offensive line is rounding into form with just absolute dudes on the inside. Ben Cleveland and Bradley Bozen just seem like two dudes who would, um, you know, take the boat out and, and you'd never hear from for weeks at a time. Cause they're just out there fishing and doing, doing big country stuff. So um, I think those guys are going to mesh really well at left guard and center. And um, I mean, the, the whole, all the pieces seem to be coming together. This is what we wait around all off season for wait for the draft, wait for these guys, wait for the infusion of young talent. And, and we get real excited about the, these guys. I'm fired up. I'm, I'm fired up for sure. Yeah, I, I think a lot of that is a lot of that is spot on. The Ravens did a really nice job, and as you said, it, it was interesting to to see a lot of the critiques on day one be about the lack of a tackle drafted when it felt like the tea leaves. If you read any of the tea leaves of the stuff coming out of the building, it felt like Villanueva was essentially a sure thing over the last couple of weeks. It was like the only team he was really rumored to you know, felt like in a perfect situation from him and the Ravens. He comes in and has a, a guaranteed starting spot. So he has the leverage and the Ravens can potentially play him at left tackle when if Ronnie Stanley's not healthy by the beginning of the season and then shift him to right tackle. Um, and we, 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 you know, you can go back and listen to a lot of our analysis on the first two guys. I, I, you know, said the other day, I love Rashad Bateman. I think he was fantastic in Minnesota. I think his season this year was limited by the fact that he had COVID over the summer. It really affected him going into the year. Minnesota was just not as good. I mean, they were just not as good as they were um, the year prior. And then looking in the, you know, we, we talked about Oway as well, but the, the, the day two and three picks, I, I really, really liked. Um, and I, I want to, fo- I was in love with the pick of Sean Wade and Sean Wade is a guy you take at that point because he doesn't have to come in and play on the outside. The whole book on what happened to him at Ohio state, he was tremendous in the slot when they had corners on the outside that were both first round picks, both guys' names are escaping me, but you know, the, they are Okuda, who they are. Okuda and, is one and the, uh, yeah, Okuda's one and whatever. It doesn't really matter. He was tremendous in the slot. Net. He gets pushed out wide and he struggles 100% struggled. He was just not as good, but he's not going to play on the outside. And I know it's not a one-to-one comparison to just jump from the, you know, college slot to the NFL slot. The college slot is way different. Than the other. And you're covering Tyreek Hill in the NFL slot. But that's a guy you take in the fifth round, a guy that had all the, you know, first round type of hype coming out of of a place like Ohio State. And they need, you know, a guy potentially behind Tavon Young to to play in the slot. So I love that pick. Love the Tylen Wallace pick because, once again, a guy that slipped down to a couple concerns and is a high reward pick and and has great hands, has great hands. I think he had like the, they they said on the broadcast, like the second lowest drop percentage in FBS. And he plays big um, at 5'11". Uh, they were raving and, and, and Kuiper is a little in the Ravens bag throughout the draft. I don't think he's ever said one bad thing about the Ravens, but McShay was McShay was all about uh, Tylen Wallace. Uh, and then obviously you add another sort of 
you know, productive, more productive pass rusher in Hayes that kind of is a, is a little bit of a different vein than Owe, who's got more of the measurables. You bring him in the fifth. And then Ben Mason is a guy that the, only the Ravens can use in the way yeah. they're going to use him. And we talked about the fact that what hurt the Ravens in the middle of the year last year was the loss of Nick Boyle, sort of some, some, some issues um, with, with guys sort of being out in there, type of blocking scheme, stacking the backfield. Ben Mason is going to go right in there and do all of those things you know, as a tight end slash fullback slash, you know, jack of all trades type of guy. That's a guy. And, you know, you know, John Harbaugh's got good reports on him. Brothers, the head coach of Michigan, as I don't know if anybody knows that's, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked that pick. And I think, you know, he's a guy that will embrace his role as he comes in. And, and maybe that's a guy that if the Ravens had a sixth round pick or a seventh round pick, maybe they could have still gotten them. But you take him with the last pick of the fifth round, their last pick of the draft. Um, and, and he's a guy that's going to contribute on special teams. Uh, and Brandon Stevens, I think, is going to be a guy that can either play corner or safety. So he has that versatility. I, I, as you said, I, I, you know, it's, it's easy to come in here and just overpraise the Ravens because they consistently draft well. But you go through the draft and you're like, all of the consistently, all of these things make sense. You know, and not every pick will work out. We, you know, we, we can sit here and think all these guys are going to be on the team for a decade and, and none of them, none of them theoretically could be. But all the picks have made sense at the time. And then with the villain away of signing over the last 24 hours, that shifts that piece into place. Now the Ravens still need a little depth. I think on the offensive line to tackle, there's not a lot of proven options behind Ronnie Stanley and Alejandro Villanueva, but now you feel like you're starting, um, you're starting offensive line is kind of coming together and Cleveland's another guy, you know, a little criticized for his pass blocking, but that's a guy that the Ravens want to just get downhill and just, throw guys to the side to get out of the way for Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. So another guy that fits the physicality of what they want to do. I also really like the draft. I, I hate kind of repeating what you said, but I also just really like the draft and how they maneuvered through it is how they maneuvered through it. They, they really didn't take a step wrong in my opinion. They just really, you know, went through and they stuck to their game plan. And you know that I've, I've made this analogy a few times before, but the Ravens are building tanks and these other teams are building sports cars. And that's fine when there's, a lot of tank parts out there and not so many teams trying to build tanks. We can just wait and take our time and get a Ben Mason late, late in the draft here and, and use them effectively in our system. And the same thing goes for, for big country. Like we're just kind of repeating ourselves now, but you know, he's a great fit for us. Maybe not so great a fit for other teams. It's just one of the advantages of having a little bit different of a system than everybody else is. We can kind of bide our time and, and really, um, you know, focus on, on drafting a guy like Bateman and, and take a risk with a guy like Owe when we, we know we're going to get some guys later in the draft that we're going to hold more valuably than other teams. So just another, just a masterpiece is what I like to say every single year. And I like the blog I wrote, my, my whole write up is my favorite blog of the year because I love every single one of these players pretty much when I write it. Um, the, the Stevens pick is the one that's everyone's a little bit, unsure of you know but it's again i think ben cleveland is a guy who's like kind of a high ceiling because you know we're getting he's gonna block he's a massive human being we took him in like late middle third round and then 10 picks later we take brandon stevens a little bit more of a project a little bit more risky so we're kind of just like mitigating our risk back and forth here with these picks 
And the Ravens love the ability to fill some special teams gaps with some, you know, higher ceiling that guys that really aren't developed. And Stevens fits that profile. He's going to contribute on special teams immediately. And I think that culture is really ingrained within the Ravens to contribute in that way. And like, you know, I said earlier, I, you know, Eric Costa talked about it at the press conference after the draft, he really could end up being a free safety. Um, and the Ravens need some depth at safety. You know, it wasn't a top, top need, but when you look at, how they maneuver through Chuck Clark and Deshaun Elliott as they, they go through the next couple of years. You know, Stevens is a guy that can maybe be starting in, in two or three years um, after he kind of, you know, learns his way and, and gets through it. So I, I, I think they did a really nice job. I know there are people, you know, we, we talked about it on draft night. There are certainly guys at 27 and 31 that people wanted more. Tevin Jenkins was a, was a, a, a someone that people really, really wanted to, to play right tackle. Um, there were some other pass rushers out there that people were very excited about. Um, you know, there are people, you know, when Stevens got taken that, you know, wanted over Stevens, he wasn't as, as highly regarded, but it's hard not to trust the Ravens and their evaluation of the guys um, until it fails. Now, Eric DaCosta has 100% staked a small portion of his very glowing reputation on his comments about wide receivers, made very aggressive comments about wide receivers two weeks ago, t- takes two more of them. And they, they've taken more wide receivers, I think in the last six years than any team. At some point, one of these guys has got to become a superstar. I think it could be Bateman. Um, we saw Hollywood Brown react very, very positive to it. But, you know, Lamar Jackson has is going to – they have to figure out which of these guys kind of fits in. And I, that'll be a very interesting part of training camp is watching this receiver battle with all of these guys that they've taken kind of pick and, and figure out their roles. Um, the Ravens also didn't take a natural, natural – uh, tight end who could potentially contribute more as a pass catcher. Um, you know, a lot of success when they had Hayden Hurst and, and Mark Andrews Hurst could, could catch passes maybe better than some of the Ravens current tight ends. I'll be interested to see if the Ravens address that heading into training camp as well. But Mason's a guy that they're going to use in ways they use Pat Ricard. And it's bizarre that both those guys were wear 42 and have both played defensive line fullback and tight end. That's just wild. But um, I think it was a, the Ravens had a very productive five days, the draft, and then the signing of Villanueva is pretty much, I think if you had given me that at the beginning of last week, I would have taken it. They got lucky too with their timing because obviously we were talking about it off, off air, but with the Broncos lineman going down too. I mean, if the Ravens don't sign him, if they wait to sign him until tomorrow, like who knows if the Broncos could have swept in and, you know, Paid yep. him and, and, and his, you know, his, his tune changes and he goes to Denver. So yeah, they, they kind of got lucky there. I know that that was rumored uh, pretty much for the last, what, two or three weeks, I think. And they were just waiting for that, for that. What was it? Four o'clock on May 3rd. Yeah. Headline, yeah. So. And it was, honestly, it was a, it just overall was a fun draft. The first round was really, really fun. Um, and the, there was a lot of good players taking the second round. I love the draft. I watched so much draft. I, I can't get enough. Bring the draft, do another draft this weekend. It's, it is great because like we were talking about, they make picking teams fun. Like they, they, it's just, it's so much fun to watch. And again, uh, when you break it down, it's picking just, it's just picking guys who you want on your team. Yeah. Like yeah. it shouldn't be fun to watch it. It sounds very boring, but like, it's, I can't get enough of it. No, I mean, I, like you said, I watched a ton of it too. Second, the third, and you know what, you know, what's hot in the streets now. And it's, they've been popular before the videos of them. It used to, you won't used to only get the videos of them calling, the top, the first round guys or whatever, guys who weren't at the draft. 
Now you're getting videos of every phone call to every guy drafted. It's and those are getting bonanza. put out, and they're awesome. I love it. Like, it's, a con- it's a content bonanza. Oh, for sure. Trickling it out like every six hours or so. There's another mm-hmm. one that comes out, and it's just like, oh, geez, I'm crowning the club again. Right? Yeah. The, it, like the, um, the, the Cardinals one, the guy, I'm going to fucking kill everyone. We're going to fucking murder <laughs> everyone, like to the owner. Um, the long snapper from the Panthers. Did you guys see that one? Yep. Yeah. That was fantastic. Didn't even know he was getting drafted. Um, Jake Funk one I thought was really cool too. That yep. was that was yeah. pretty emotional for him and his family. Um, I mean, why did I, we I, wait a long time for Jake Funk? I was sitting there for I, for <laughs> hours and hours and hours, finger over the seven. I tell Ruben Wilmington just waiting for Jake Funk to get picked. Yeah, that was I mean, incredible. Yeah, shout out to Jake Funk. What an incredible story for him. I'm excited to see what McVeigh will will dial up for. Well, that's a, I mean, that's not a bad guy to go to if you're looking to kind of get utilized as a running back. You know, McVeigh, obviously, you know, Jake Funk is not Todd Gurley at this point, but you see how he puts those guys in position to succeed. He, so. he was the only Fired guy, up for he was him. the only Maryland guy drafted, right? Only Maryland guy drafted. We Any only, undrafted oh, free agents? Only waited till pick 233. Uh, Shaq Smith. Uh, yeah, Saints, right? That's right. Like signed with the Saints. And if you want to claim DJ Turner, he um, went to, he also signed in a place that is escaping me right now. Raiders? Maybe. Yeah. So shout out to DJ Turner. Shout out to Shaq Smith. Um, all three of those guys have appeared on the Hear the Turtle podcast. So there you go. Mm. Her bump right there. The um the draft as a whole, like there was so much hubbub of that it was gonna be the nuttiest draft ever with the most trades and all that stuff. Really wasn't necessarily the case, but it's still delivered in a big way. I think that I do think that Mac Jones, I think that the whole thing was how I think that the 49ers made the draft. The 49ers mm-hmm. having so much discussion publicly about, and we talked about this before the draft. And not internally. And not <laughs> internally, apparently, about who they're going to pick. And then it being Trey Lance, who Trey Lance being the third overall pick is an incredible story. Oh, my God. There's a, just a Yoda mask here. Is that's a Yoda that's mask? Tim Have you not been? Uh, no, that's the first time I looked up. Yeah. Wait till you see the lady yeah. blowing up the trash can. That is that yeah. is something. Um that well, that's this is corporate synergy. I mean, they've done this two nights in a row. They did this with the Marvel here Avengers thing yesterday, or the Arena of Heroes, and now they're doing Star Wars. Um, but that being a whole thing, and then Fields slipping down and going to the Bears, and a, a you know a brand franchise for the NFL, and then Mac Jones, Mac Jones going to the Pats. So Mac Jones with the principles, like that, yeah. that was the best was the memes. Yeah, the memes. I mean, the draft is. <laughs> The draft is just so so good. I'll put I mean, this Jaylen on record Waddle too. Had so much swag. Jalen Waddle swagged all the way to the freaking stage. He was awesome. I think the Justin Fields pick is the pick of the draft. Yeah, you you're all in on Justin Fields. Um, yeah, I'm big on Justin Fields. I think that's the pick of the draft. I, he's damn good. I mean, he is very very. Yeah. Also, you you know what I thought Question, was funny? Problem is, he's going to Chicago. You know what I thought was funny? was RG3 being on the, the Bleacher Report draft show and just absolutely trashing Kirk Cousins. Like I enjoyed RG3 saying this week that he would be a great mentor to Trey Lance and they should sign him. I mean, I would also love a, a veteran minimum contract to, to not play. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, I, he's getting to that point where it's like no one likes to hear their voice more than RG3. Yeah. I think he felt a little love in Baltimore and now he feels like he's like back. Yeah. RG3's oh, back he, 100%. He's liked public figure. He's calling up Adidas and he's like, hey, you he's got craving any more diamonds, yeah. no pressure. He, what he, is, he's trying to sell five dollar footlongs. What is what is the uh what is the long term long term foresight? Like what does the future hold for RG3 
in a retirement world. I mean, Bleacher Report. There's no way he just disappears and you know rides in the sunset. I think there's a good chance he gets a TV gig somewhere. Someone will give him a shot. I think he's got enough name recognition. He's got enough personality. I think he'll definitely he can do like I feel like college. college. He's kind of a he's a he's a cheese ball. Yeah. Yeah, but someone will just they'll be like, oh, we'll put him on the Big Twelve like Saturday three thirty game. That's true. Roll roll the ball out for him. I feel like all these guys get a chance if they really want it. Like unless you stink, like everyone. I mean, Jim Calhoun was inaudible and he got a shot at TV. Like everyone, everyone gets a shot at TV (laughs) at this point. If you if you're like have enough name because they just want to put you on the game and and see what happens. Like Jim Calhoun and RG three. Yeah, I'd listen, I'd listen to them call a game. <laughs> yeah, I would listen to them call a game too. I just think the novelty factor will work for him. He'll, he'll if that's what he wants to do. I know I, I didn't see him on the Bleacher Report show, so I don't know if he was any good. Yeah, he basically they asked him about the Kellen Mond pick, and he's like, "Well, you know, number eight up in Minnesota, he's been collecting checks up there, not doing much for a while." Like he was throwing up. <laughs> <high time. laughs> that's where I'm like, Bob, man, like, come on, dude, like, get over it. Like, Kirk get- Cousins beat him out. What do you want? Yeah, like, dude, and you could tell, like. The second he made that pick, he they were he was probably like fist pumping, like all right, I got it. Like, hey, ask me a Kellen Mond question. I'm gonna well, show. That's so bad. Kirk. He was like, yeah, you know, he does all the things that that Kirk doesn't, and he's been collecting a lot of checks up there. And I think the people are getting tired of him. Kellen Mond does at Texas A&M. He does all the things. Isn't, that Kirk he's doesn't the guy that went? Didn't he go to? Um, he went to the Vikings, right? Yeah. Whoever the Vikings. I picked. do like yeah. Kellen Mond. I think he he was good in college. I mean, all these guys were getting cons. They got drafted in the NFL. Yeah, but yeah. RG three confirmed. Mon, Joe Burrow, six overtime game, whatever is one of the greatest games I've ever watched. Yes, yep. so good. That was such a good game. Such a good game. Uh, so that's that's where we are. Ravens draft. I think <laughs> I think people probably expected us to give it a glowing review, uh, and we did. Once again, if you want to hear some more detailed talk about the Ravens' first round picks, um, head to the. Um, the recap show we did on Thursday, uh, brief shout out to Jimmy's for letting us come in and do that. And uh, shout out to Marty Suma for jumping on with us as well as he, you know, watched the giants trade down and pick a wide receiver, like 15 picks too early. That was kind of one of the, something, of the draft. something about the first round this year. There, there weren't a lot of reaches. It felt like that felt there like was the biggest reach Leatherwood, maybe to the Leatherwood. Raiders. Leatherwood was a reach. And then that pick, other than that, I feel like, the other 30 teams or whoever picked that night, I feel were pretty pleased with what they got overall, except for the Giants. I mean, he's the one guy. And it's so funny to me that Gettleman, like a day or two before, had just said, like, I don't remember the exact quote, but he basically took a shit on any team that trades back. And everyone just, just absolutely bodied him online about it. And yeah. then he did it. Yeah. Yeah, not you're great. starting to wonder. You're starting to wonder. This is not going to be like an incredibly, you know, new take, but like, there's so much criticism and so much instant analysis on everything that happens. You just wonder how much GMs and personnel departments, and maybe this is me overstating the influence of social media and people that talk, but that make picks based on what's going to get them criticized the least, and who make playing it safe and, all. and who don't, and make picks based on their board. Um, I'm confident that the Ravens don't care at all what people say about them, but you think about a guy like Dave Gettleman, you never know. Um, only other Ravens, a uh, couple of notes here, any other remaining moves? There's been some Justin Houston stuff thrown out there. You know, they've kind of cut 50% into their cap space. So 
I don't think there's enough smoke to really give any of those a ton of talk here. And then full capacity at M&T Bank Stadium looks like it's going to be a go. Ravens announced that. I think the NFL is pushing hard for that at all of their venues throughout the league. And I think we're going to be, I mean, I'm not an epidemiologist, but I think we're going to be in a place where that is possible. Well, come yeah. I, fun. Not to dive into a whole politics thing, but if you can get vaccinated, get vaccinated. Like we, the yeah. population needs to collectively do their part to get to a place yeah. where we can do these things, get vaccinated people. Like, come on. Yeah. Come it's on. if you're not. Yeah. I mean, now, you can, now you can get them. I mean, now you can, it used to be, you know, for a little bit, you, you could, couldn't get them. Now they're much more easy to obtain. Go get it. Go get vaccinated. Deal with the second shot. Yeah. Maybe you have a fever or something. It's all right. You're going to get fine. through it. I podcasted through it. It's fine. Yeah. 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 We all did. I podcasted through having COVID. Yeah. There you go. People forget that. People, people did, didn't people, even know that. People do, did not know that. People did not know that. <laughs> I don't think people even knew that. <laughs> well, uh, and yeah, get them. I think and I, I think, almost outed you at one point during You did. You almost did on Twitter. Yeah, you almost did on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yes, get vaccinated. And full stadiums is going to be so fun. And you hope that a lot of the, the game day experience comes back, the tailgating and everything. That will be uh, very cool. And I think, I, I mean, the Ravens do so many things first class. I think there's going to be, they will do a tremendous job rolling everything out. And things we've, like. we've got a really good football team here. Like, look at this draft class. Look at this tackle. We just signed. Where's the weakness with this football team. You're going to want to go see them. You're going to want to go to the bank. So get vaccinated. Yes. There's yes. my PSA. Great pitch. Probably um, my last one of the year. Well, we'll see. In terms of got a long this, year. that realm. Oh, this specific yeah. topic. Yeah. Uh, um, the Baltimore Orioles are uh, playing very late at night right now you know, on a little West Coast swing, and they're playing some pretty good baseball. Um, played the A's just super tough this week, and I, I was impressed. I just continue to be impressed by their road form. They stink at home, RDT. They are so bad at home. They continue to be good on the road. Um, and – you know, taking taking a series against uh, an ace team that's, that's that's talented was a was a solid result. And then I went over the Mariners. The Orioles are just kind of chilling, and it, I hate to sound like a broken record in the exact same spot they were last week. They are a couple games under five hundred. They sit there in one game, two games. They sit in that spot, and you know they're playing well. They're 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 playing okay. They're playing okay. Yeah, I mean, they they like I said they're they're playing. You know, they, they had the series against the A's, which was great. I didn't really expect that. Um, it was fun talking to Dallas about – I said, now that you you got to sit in the stands for John Mean, you know, seven inning, 9K, one walk outing, what do you think? Um, and he was just blown away by him. Um, I, I mean, my biggest takeaway from that whole series was how fucking stupid it is having a bullpen still in play with DJ Stewart almost getting his face smashed by the, uh, the awning of that bullpen. Um kind of almost tried to rearrange his face there for a little bit. That seemed to be the story of the Saturday, but I mean, Matt Harvey still chucking it. And and I know we, like you said, we sound like a broken record. Cedric Mullins is leading MLB, the, you know, baseball and hits um, had a huge home run last night. He's making plays every night. He, all he does is get on base. Like all he does is, is every time you look up, he's two for three. He's you know, he's three for four and he's just getting on base. Trey's hitting over 300 in his last 15 games. Um, the guys are coming along. Even Mountcastle is slowly putting it back together. I think he's hitting like seven or eight in a row. So yeah, they, they, they don't seem to play well at Camden yards. And I think they still have the most road wins, uh, out of everyone in baseball. So you can win them on the road. I mean, you got to win the ones you're expected to win at home. So let's, uh, I, I hope they pick that up a little bit, but 
I mean, the West Coast games are rough. Luckily, in, in, in Oakland, they only had one of the 10 o'clock games. The other two were day games. But uh, the Seattle, Seattle series is not fun. Not, if not if anyone all. could hit behind Cedric Bonds, they'd have the makings of a pretty decent offense. And the production just drops off a cliff. Now, they have been better lately, the past, you know, four or five, six games. Mm-hmm. You look at the overall season stats, and it is just such a tough scene. And, um, and Austin Hayes has been in that second spot. And he's not your prototypical two-hitter, really. Like, you'd almost expect him to be a leadoff guy, but they kind of have two of them. Um, but, Hay- I mean, Hayes is hitting the hell out of the ball now, too. Yeah, he's so- been very good. I know he has all his home runs this season have come against the uh, the A's. He's uh, he's just getting on base. He's making he's making great plays in the field. Um, he he's becoming a lot of fun to watch again. He was always one of those guys like just stay healthy. If you can stay healthy, you're going to be productive. And and ever since he's come back, he he's been pretty uh, he's been he's been pretty solid. So it, it's it's been fun. They've got a nice little outfield now with with uh, Stewart Mullins and and Hayes and. With Santander still on the IL, who knows what happens when he comes back? But yeah, it's a it's it's a good problem to have right now with all those those outfield guys. Yeah, the pitching's starting to come around too. They're starting to get some solid outings out of some guys that maybe we thought maybe maybe the bar is we're raising the bar for what we expect from them a little more. I mean, Dean Kramer had the, his best start of the year this weekend and and Matt Harvey's been more than we could have asked for at this point. I mean, he's playing his, he's pitching as well as we could have hoped. You're you know. trying to trade him already. Exactly. I'm trying <laughs> to give him away already. I'm trying to get a good haul. I mean, you got to sure. sell high when you can, but um, yeah, it just overall the team, you know, when we, we talked about before the season about what our hopes, expectations, whatever for them for the season were. And I think it was, it was like, Hey, let's try to get the 70 wins, maybe 75, try to push that number a little bit. What's, and then the other part was just, we want to see a team compete. You know, you want to see a team out there every night, um, not having games that just get away from you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the last two years, three years for the Orioles, there've been a lot of games where y- you could tune in at seven forty-five. It's eight to one in the third. Uh, like it's just, yeah. it's over. And they're playing like well-constructed games where they're playing nine innings and they're going, you know, pitchers are going at least somewhat deep, deep into games and the bullpen is keeping them in it. And they're just, they look like a well-constructed roster that have complementary pieces that kind of, um, can put together, you know, an entire series of competitive baseball against these teams. And, um, you know, the, the Oakland A's are one of the, one of the best teams of baseball, really. And they, they went over there to, um, you know, ballpark where they're very comfortable in and, and they played great baseball this weekend. And it's, you know, six out of 10, nine out of the last 16, like that's, it's good baseball for not just a weekend. It's, um, they're, they're showing some signs of life and if, yeah, they're, they might be, you know, a half game into last place here. And, you know, it's not like expectations for the season are all that different, all that's starting up here. So, um, it, I feel like we're starting to see that corner turn where you're starting to see where the, this franchise as a whole is starting to head. Yeah. In last, but also three games out of first. So there, it's you're not they're half game behind the Yankees. Yeah, yeah, and half game behind the Yankees. You're 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 right in there in the division. And and like, look, I, I feel like try not to say this. You know, twenty, you know, nine games into the year. But as long as you're playing at a pace where you're within that many games, the division leader, like have fun with it. Like people that are fans of the team, like have fun with the fact that they're competing every night and putting themselves in a position to to be around a 500 team. Like if they played at this pace the entire year 
that's a great year. <laughs> that is a tremendous year if they finished somewhere around 500. I, I think that would be a huge step in the right direction. Hey, I, I tweeted something, I think, after the Yankees, after the Orioles walked off the Yankees the other day before they went out to the West Coast. And someone was like, oh, who cares, dude? Like, you know, this team still isn't very good. It's like, dude, it's like you can have – you're allowed to celebrate these wins. Like, you can win, yeah. you can celebrate a, a walk-off win against the Yankees, like, at home. You, you can have fun with this. It's okay. Like, it's an exciting team. Again, it moans with the walk-off. Like, that game – that was a great game. Like, it, it's okay. Like, yeah, we, we know this isn't a first-place team. Like, we know this isn't a team that's going to be competing in October. It's okay to enjoy wins. Like, it's yeah, it's perfectly I, I think- fine. People use that defense mechanism so they, when it falls off the cliff, they're not hurt. But you can do that and still enjoy the team. You're right. There is so much of that on Twitter. Um, and credit to the Orioles. They are fully um, going <laughs> Orioles- all in on all of their stuff. I mean, they, they are not, like, pulling it back just because people think they're bad. I really respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, Their Twitter account is great. It's made now. the team really fun to follow. Um, and shout out to my guy, Tony Price, who's – worked at Maryland now a video guy at the Orioles they're going to put out even more fire with him there um but yeah they're uh it's 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 been a nice it's been a nice 30 game start you know 29 but you know let's start game 30 here in about an hour or whatever um it's been a nice start for the Orioles uh and minor league baseball is back so RDT can tweet all about Adley and DL Hall and all of his all of his buddies That'll be fun too. I'm glad that you get that opportunity again. DL Hall, 10 Ks and four and a third tonight. He was hitting like 99. I they said when he was down in camp, he was hitting 100, like like pretty consistently. So I mean, that's I, I, that is great news right there. And I think this idiot only walked three guys when they were down there, and that's kind of been his big bugaboo is is the walks. But uh, I think he only walked one tonight, one or two. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited to have just minor league baseball back in general. I know we were talking earlier, there's a package that you can buy on minor league baseball where, Oh my God, this, this Yankees Astros game has gone off the rails. You'll see it. Um, there, there's a package you can, it's like 30 bucks for all every minor league baseball game you could ever watch this year. So that it's a nice, again, if you want to get a look at the young guys and you want to watch Adley and Bowie and, and Gunnar Henderson hitting a home run in his first at bat tonight uh, up in Delmarva. Like you can do that for just, I think it's 30 bucks. So give it, give it a try and check it out and, and watch, watch some of the young guys. And, and again, I mean, there's a lot to be excited about coming up. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the, the minor league stuff is going to be very, as you said, going to be very fun to follow. Um, and that's why you're, you're going to, what just happened there? Wow. I told you it was a complete clusterfuck. My goodness. What's going great, on? Great radio. What is going on in this game? Did he hit the? Oh my! Why God. did Guriel not pick that ball? That was terrible. Yeah, it was. It's, it was not good baseball. Yikes. That was wild. Anyways, that was a wild play. Anyways, uh, as, as we as we uh, as we finish the, the discussion about the Orioles, who will we'll get underway here. The, the, this is the team we're competing with for last place. So hey, gotta gotta keep gotta keep full tabs um, here on Yankees baseball. Um, we will get into our, uh, starting five. I think we, we jump right into it right now. No guests this week. Um, so we will jump into our starting five of sports trophies, sports trophies. Um, pretty self-explanatory. I have the first pick bonks has the second pick and RD tizzle has the third pick. I don't think I've ever said that before. Uh, Okay. So I will go first, and there is a clear 1-1, and it's the Stanley Cup, and that's the first pick of the draft. Is it Brian Stanley Cup or the actual Stanley Cup? Um, 
Don't give away picks. It's the real Stanley oh. Cup. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Come on. Um, I mean, I have a little, I have a little man, respect for the draft. You're right. You're right. You give away a pick every week. You really I, get. You, yeah, you I'm give good a pick. For one you week. give away. Yeah, you give a pick away every week. Uh, Stanley Cup, tremendous. The the passing out, the the things engraved. It's just, it's the best sports trophy. So that's one 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 for me. But yeah, it's clearly number one. I didn't even bother putting it on my list because I knew you were going to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, like Ray Bork, him winning the Stanley oh. Cup. I mean, think about that one. It's awesome. It's just, yeah, I don't. It's just unbelievable. It just um, seems like it means a little bit more when the guys put it in their hands. Like you watch, you know, you watch Brady raise, you know, in the NFL. You watch, you watch all these guys raise trophies. It just feels like a little different when that Stanley Cup goes over that guy's head. Maybe it's because it's so big that it's like after you put all of this effort into it, you've still got to get this giant thing over your head. It's awesome. It, the Stanley Cup ceremony is tremendous. It's the best. It's the best one. It's the best mm-hmm. one. Handing it to the captain. Ah. Oh. Is that SEC where they say it just means more? Like that should be the Stanley Cup. That should be the Stanley Cup motto. SEC. It's because it's the cup. Yeah. Oh, that's because true. That, that's another good one. Too. Yeah. The SEC's jabroni. It's that, just yeah. as good, if not better. So, <laughs> and they've had great commercials for those. That might be um, that injury. I don't know which one are you talking about. The catcher or the the runner here? Because I saw the the foot stepping on the well, plate. It just felt like he felt like he tweaked the knee there. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, second pick here in the draft. I'm going to take the Heisman Trophy. Mm-hmm. I think that's the yep. next natural pick. I agree. Mm. Um, when people go to the end zone and they they pose as the shape of the trophy, I feel like that says a lot. Why is my watch keep talking? <laughs> second time in the show. I had no idea if you heard the first one. I did. Goddamn Apple Watch. Um, oh, that's great. That's the. The Heisman Trophy, you get the Heisman House, the whole ceremony in New York. I mean, they used to do it by like a fireplace. I think they changed that, which was kind of a bummer. But um, yeah, the Heisman Trophy's got to be. It's got just so much history. It's a, I mean, you were immortalized if you're a Heisman Trophy winner. Yep, tremendous trophy. And watching the ceremony the is great too. The it's the only trophy where people are like making the pose. That's what I said. I said that. No, I know. I'm just saying. It's. I'm just <laughs> confirm what you said. I didn't know if I didn't know. I didn't, pet, didn't tell my Apple Watch. Pet, pet peeve of mine. Uh, Desmond Howard doing it wrong. Like immortalized the leg lift, but it's not a leg lift. But it feels good doing the leg lift. If you've it ever does done feel good doing like, the leg lift, you got to do the leg lift. You have to. You, you have, don't have to. to do it. You don't have to. I think because it doesn't. If you're again, if you're playing football and you just lean over and do it it doesn't it doesn't hit as well as if you do the leg lift mm. i think all right RDT, you got two all right i i kind of i banked on um i banked on the that uh heisman being you there. thought the heisman would slip oh i no, thought it would i definitely thought it would um i thought it would go second and i'm gonna take this one and banks if you want to make if maybe we want to work out a trade um the green jacket mm-hmm I, I mean, I would have bet my life okay. if you were taking green jacket. We had yeah. pre-discussion about, like, we're not sure what's going to qualify here, but if you want to put it in there, you know, we'll discuss it when the time comes. Uh-oh. I want it to be included, so, like, I'm not going to fight you on this. I also like, want I, it to be included. It's the, it is the – But it opens a lot here. It does I, open. I think, it's, I think we should let it be wide open. But let I mean, it be, No, I, think, I have no issues with being wide open. Yeah, I, I think I mean Green Jacket has to be up there again. It's yep. one of the most iconic. You you talk about a scene. 
I don't have to explain to you guys about the scene, you know, after the, when we uh, said trophies, when like I said, so trophies guys, trophies. And you guys like treated me like I was a moron. Like (laughs) how could you not perceive that that was the question? Like, this is like an hour ago before we started recording, but <laughs> I, what, what did I say then? I said, pick whatever you want. And then after I reiterated, it. like, so we're we talking about like things you get for winning. Like, is it anything? And you're like, I think we know what a trophy is guys. Like, <laughs> and we do, we, we did. We, we, me and RDT had an understanding. You, okay. You were, all right. You were all sad. I said like things that you sad. get for winning and you guys were just like, not really responsive to that either, but whatever. You whatever. were all sad and tired. Green trophy. I was, I was. I was tired as shit. Yeah. I'm still yeah. tired as shit. Again, I'm if you, if you want to work out a trade, I mean, I and I, I got no problem. No, I, I you can you got the pick. Okay. That's a good pick. You got another one. You got you got four. I could get <laughs> you could get cute and wrapped get cute. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna get cute with it. I'm get getting cute. I'm getting cute with it. We're going the aggro Craig. The piece of the aggro Craig right now. <laughs> yeah. I, like I like that. Yeah. Didn't yep. waste any time for nope, that. Nope. I, I didn't because you know what? I thought I thought us opening that Pandora's box, I thought that was gonna be like, you know what? Everything's out now. Um and and so yeah, I'm going aggro Craig. There was nothing like watching Global Guts, Mo, Michael Malley. You know, you're running the, those little like seven year olds are running around the track with their with their the flag, the country's flag on their back. Um, all time, all time great show. I love that show on Nickelodeon. This um, is the best top four in the history of the starting five. Oh, easily, easily. I mean, the Agro Craig, arguably, God, could I love one. that show. It's such a good show. Yeah, it's. I like. I wish there was a Nickelodeon streaming because I would watch that. Like, I don't think that's streaming anymore. Paramount right? Plus might be on Paramount Plus. Is it? Might I didn't be. even know Paramount Plus was a thing. But come on, yeah. Now and like now after this, I'm just gonna go on YouTube and just watch like you know uh global guts greatest uh greatest hit so yeah i'm I'm going i mean there's so much like mystery like i, I just want to hold it i want to know what it feels like i want to it's just it's a great trophy it's so awesome so aggro craig mm. doing okay. it i got cute all right all right all right back so you see if you can get cute i've got some cute picks but i think i can get them later that's the thing so I'm going to take the Claire Jug. Mm. That's my golf pick. I review golf trophies every single week on the blog, by the way. There's some exceptional trophies there. Um, but the Claire Jug, I think, is in terms of trophies as a whole, I think stands among – just stands out among all the other trophies when it comes to golf. It's, it's smaller than maybe the, the, the Wanamaker, the U.S. Open trophy, but it's got kind of an iconic shape. You can, like, drink out of the top of it. And the, the, the Open Championship is – after the masters, I think that's the next one that people who are, you know, when I think yeah. about trophies, I think about history. I think about just the aura and there's, there's a whole aura to the Claire jug. I agree. I think that's a really good pick. Um, at number six, I'm taking uh, an Olympic gold medal. There's no better thing in sports you can get than an Olympic gold medal. And uh, they change every single time. Some of the designs are okay. Some of them are better than others, but there is just, I mean, there's, there's no, I said the best ceremony in sports was the Stanley cup. Now I'm thinking it's the flag raising up national anthem with the Olympic gold medal. Thankfully I have both on my team. So we're going Olympic gold medal at six uh, Olympics coming. God, Olympics are coming in so hot. Oh God. God, wait. 
Um, and then at number seven, um, this is going to be a very catered pick to me. I'm taking the yellow jersey. The yellow jersey. Oh my the god! I can't wow. Is it tell you what? That would have been there. That would have been there last round. I, I want to give it the its proper respect here at number seven. We're taking the yellow. Wow. Jersey. Um, it, it's it, you watch the event and you know exactly who's winning based on what they're wearing. That's the man in the yellow jersey, leading the Tour de France, one of the underrated sporting events in the world. Yellow jersey. Wow, I'm kind of seeing the board open wide up to picks mm-hmm. that I wouldn't, I thought were, I, I pretty much laid out 12 or 13 things. I was sure that all of them were going to get taken. And I'm realizing now that they're very much going to be on the board this entire draft. So my picks aren't going to be made for me basically here. So I've got some tough decisions to make. And I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to play it down the middle here and take some really iconic stuff here. I'm going to take the World Cup trophy. Oh, it's, okay. it's small and simple and it's got, it's got all that that alert to it. It's so much, so many years, and it's 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 like the one thing, especially the last month or so, with all this money and soccer or whatever. But the World Cup represents love for the game, the beautiful game. Yeah, FIFA Cup is a really, really, really great organization. <laughs> that represents love for the game. I'm gonna, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to shit on a pick. The World Cup trophy stinks. It's an incredibly like. It's simplistic. It's just like so a bad. It's a bad trophy. It just is. It's not good. It it it. It's not good. Sorry. Size is. It's not about <laughs> size. Taylor. It's not about size, my man. RDT. Give me. <laughs> I, I I'm kind of surprised it's fallen this far. Give me the Lombardi. Yep. I mm. think. I mean, it's just a classic. Um, I think it's the perfect size. You know. You hold it up, you're presenting it. The best, yeah, I'm talking about size. Um, the best is, is you know, obviously not the last, not last year, not the last couple of years. Is the um, you see everyone kissing it and the finger smudges on it and everyone kind of rubs it. Um, it's it's just it's an all time looking trophy. I think it's 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 got to be one of the most famous trophies in the world. Um, it's just I don't know something about it. Not that I would know anything about it, you know. <laughs> I was waiting for one of those from you guys. So. Ah, we we all see it. Yeah, we all see, we all all see it. <laughs> the uh, sterling silver. It's it's an it's got a great glimmer to it. And Tiffany's. And I, Tiffany's. I, the, I think maybe about a decade ago is when they started to do the thing with. I mean, I couldn't do it this past year, but with the crowd of like the players and kind of family and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they've got the guy walking through the crowd and everyone's just like reaching out and touching that, me- that music coming in stage. Remember that Kevin Hart's trying to touch right. it? That music is huge in that entire ceremony. That music makes it's that great. ceremony. It's great. Yep. You got another RDT. So, All righty. <laughs> so, oh boy. <laughs> this is the one. Um, <laughs> give, give me uh i'm gonna go dundee wow <laughs> oh my god i think it's a great one you could win it for a multi you know a, a ton of different things that's such a ridiculous pick um what is it longest engagement you could i mean there are countless things that you go into dundee for white of sneakers it's, uh, yeah white of sneakers it's um again you you want to talk about an atmosphere at a trophy presentation <laughs> chilies i mean i god i feel god in this chilies that's plus sometimes you get a different host and he just you know doesn't really do that well and what a pick 
We're going to get cute with it. Sure. Thanks. I'm going to take the gold glove. Mm. I think it's a phenomenal trophy. It's just so on the nose about what it stands for. It's just a gold glove. It is. I don't think I don't feel like I need to sell it that much. It's no. just, it's simply a gold glove. You know, you don't. It's a gold glove given for the gold glove. Um, at 12, I am going to take uh, the Maryland Hopkins rivalry lacrosse crab trophy, which is obviously uh, meaningful in this area, but also an incredible freaking trophy. It's a wooden carved crab. It got made in Fed Hill, I believe. I believe it got made in Fed Hill. It has been in my car. It's an incredible, it's an incredible like local trophy. They did an amazing job on it. Um, so I'm taking the crab trophy. Shout out to Baltimore. We are a Baltimore show. Um, and then I'm try. I I I I think this is what I want to take in this spot, and I am going to take it. Um, maybe a tick boring, but just another one that like brings me to like the feels of watching people win it. I'm taking that freaking beautiful Wimbledon plate. That plate, that big fucking plate, is sweet. It's a sweet plate. It's a yeah. It's different, and it was on and my list. Different. And it's like looks like it's worth like millions of dollars. It's exactly in the ethos of Wimbledon. Uh, it's a tremendous, it's a tremendous plate. So I'm taking the Wimbledon. I think I had the name of it here. It's the oh my god, I had this in front of me. The Venus Rosewater Dish. The Sterling mm. Silver Salver was made in 1864. Wasn't awarded until 1886. Amazing. That's the women's Wimbledon singles championship. Tremendous. There you go. It's a good pick. Okay. Like Back to me for my last pick. Yes. I am going to be taking the Nathan's mustard belt from good the pick. Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Uh, I mean, Joey Chestnut has a whole rack of these. Legend. But that is one of those things where it's just, this is a novelty event. And there's one guy who is the best at it. Shout out to Joey Chestnut. Poor Kobayashi got smashed when at the peak of his game. Talk to you, bud. See ya. Uh, See ya, mustard Cope. belt. We t- uh, are you are you upset that it's it's a mustard belt, Taylor? Me? Does that offend you? Uh, no, no. I I think that that in general and that and I I watched the the hot dog eating contest for years. This stems from my love for ketchup for the people not. Uh, educated on but do on you that. not like mustard or is it just no i really see the thing is i really like yellow mustard i'm a big okay. yellow mustard guy and i know that yellow mustard is considered the more main topping for a hot dog traditionally so i have no issues with them picking that that's at least what i've what they're they uh, that's what they educate you on. is that the perception is that the public perception i don't know if that's I the public like perception but i think thing. that's what nathan sort of promotes for that belt um I also think that like the idea of like a mustard yellow belt is a little bit more ridiculous than like a ketchup red belt. So I, from a novelty perspective, yeah, it, that also plays for me. So I, I, there are many ketchup based things I get offended about. This is not one of them. I think what are all, some of the ketchup based things you do get offended here, about? Uh, when people get upset when I use lots of ketchup. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that upsets I, me. Like I, one of the, I, I do like the Barstool Chicago guys normalizing putting ketchup on their on their hot dogs now. Normalize it, putting it on like potato chips. I don't understand why that offends so many people that I tell yeah, them to. Like, it's oh it's a weird God, thing. Are you kidding? Yeah. You're gross. It's like I'm it's a you. it's a hard fry. Mm-hmm. Take a we're, seat. We're po- I can do a whole podcast on that. I can do a whole podcast on ketchup. It's got to coming suck. next week. I've yeah. heard a whole podcast on ketchup. You certainly have. <laughs> 
our, next to our, our podcast today in condiments. <laughs> we could do a fun. We should do. Oh, we got. Write it down. Write it down. Write You just want to scrap this one and start. My God, do I want the number one pick? I had, I had, I had it in my head, but I just, yeah, sauces. Uh, take the lap. Take finish us off here, Eric. All right, I'm going All Star Game, baseball All Star Game MVP. That like see through crystal, not crystal, but it's like a bat, and it's just it's awesome. Uh, I think I, I I like it. I think it's nice and plain. Mm. I think it's right to the point. Um. I'm like, I'm looking at pictures of Bregman holding it up. And of course, legend Melky Cabrera holding his up and Mike Trout. I, I think they're just awesome. It's, I think it's an awesome, it's who wouldn't want that. I feel like you I had mean, a really yeah, good, but... and then you just careened into a cliff in the last pick. I, I, I'm a big fan of it. I, I, <laughs> I think it was worthy of a fifth round pick. Um, I like it. All right. I had the Stanley cup, the Olympic gold medal, the yellow Jersey, the crab trophy and the Wimbledon women's plate for lack of a better description, the Venus Rosewater dish, excuse me. Uh, Banks had the Heisman Trophy, the Claret Jug, the World Cup Trophy, the Gold Glove, which is a gold glove, and uh, the Nathan's Mustard Belt. RDT had the Green Jacket, the Agra Crag, which I think is one of the hottest starts to a draft we've maybe ever had in a 3-4 spot. Uh, The Lombardi Trophy, the Dundee, and then the Baseball All-Star Game MVP, which to be totally honest, I had to look up and see what it looked like um yeah and then you did and you're like oh that's fucking sweet and i was like oh man rdt really could have crushed this and then do you, do you get I, uh do you get a free chevy and uh awkward uh, <laughs> uh the technology and, and uh the chevy vp yeah, of like, sales yeah uh, the, rick the, wildy the vice president of global marketing <laughs> uh, and it comes oh, with all the technology and stuff <laughs> i hope he's still alive i really do <laughs> i i think i'm on the wrong side of that but i really think i hope he's alive mm. do you know his name you look him up Right, yeah, Rick Wildy. Yeah. It's like R I K. Oh, look the, it up. Uh, look it up. This will be a great finish to the draft. Oh, he's on Twitter. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh no. That's it. <laughs> Is five, he have 516 a... followers? Oh, last tweet was. Oh no. October 30th, 2014. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> That's the year, wasn't it? You know what? He uh, got on Twitter just to reach. He he's all it is is retweets. Too late that to change my Halloween year. costume as as it is now the Chevrolet Regional Zone. This could manager. be a fake account, by the way. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, come on. Just retweet. I don't know. He's retweeting a lot of pictures. Or no, you know what? He's tweeting out pictures. That could have been a better parody account than just retweeting. Uh, uh, I, I that was a good draft. Good. That was a good draft. We somehow come up with these on the fly, and these are these are these are pretty good. Um, Nick Caner Medley, Maryland person of the week. No time for honorable mentions, huh? Oh, sorry, honorable mentions. Jeez, sorry. I was, I was trying to, I'm trying to get you to bed. Um, I had Can silver, we all take a moment slugger. to trash the World Series trophy, the Commissioner's trophy? Every baseball trophy is bad the except for the trophy Gold Glove in the All Star game. Yeah, it looks like it, kills, good, it looks it like you good. kill somebody with the with that trophy. Silver uh, Slugger w- would have been. It was between All Star game and Silver Slugger. I just didn't think many people know what the Silver the, Slugger. The Larry O'Brien trophy from the NBA is a very boring trophy. That was. Yeah, I like the Larry O'Brien. My next pick, if there was a sixth round, was probably going to be the uh, early OOs, the BCS era crystal football. Yeah, yeah. Or the crystal. They used to give the crystal, crystal balls bas- well for the basketballs. For basketball, The NCAA yeah. has a very boring trophy. They have livened it up with, like, the glass in the middle for, like, all the sports. Um, but and those things are pretty boring. The Every one of them looks thing, the same. Yeah. That's a, you can't tell what, what is what, yeah. you know? Which is fine. They put the logo of, the, like, the event that it is um but 
yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like, it's not like unbelievable. Uh, some like some rivalry trophies, the little Brown jug, Oak and bucket. I had the Paul Brown. The, Paul uh, Bunyan. Uh, the Paul double, Bunyan. Yeah. That double Paul conflict. Bunyan always a big hit. That, that, uh, yeah, I was, yeah, that was another one. If I wanted to get really cute and go off the rails, that's what I was. Shout out to Bob Diaco. <laughs> and uh, Randy, right? I had just prepared for a very down the middle draft here. So, um, you know, I, I thought I was really <laughs> this, coming this... out of left field with a mustard belt on my, on my board. And the uh, the photos of this, was, I was not ready for that. The photos of the civil conflict trophy with like the UConn football, like how many days till we beat UCF clock in the background on Google are, are <laughs> like they're laugh out loud funny when you look at them. Like it's so just you, like it, they're just so, 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 so good. And uh, it's just one of the worst, one of the worst trophies. Uh, just one of the worst rivalries of all time. That's like if we had come up with a trophy for us in Rutgers in any sports, like. It's like, all right, you can go through that's a lot. That's the epitome of, like, who gives a shit? Like, yeah, it's like there's just no yeah, – Civil civil conflict with the C. Get out of here. So bad. Any other ones? Um, what did I have? No. Silver Slugger, Larry O'Brien. Yeah, Paul Bunyan. The Wimbledon trophy. Yeah. The soccer ones are all pretty similar. The Premier League trophy has sort of, like, a crown on it, which is kind of cool, and they, like, dress it up with the colors of the team. I Stop. like the the ribbons that they the ribbons yeah yeah when I went to uh tour Stamford Bridge with the stadium at Chelsea they have like the Premier League trophy like out for display and it's kind of sick when you see it in person with all the ribbons yeah the Wanamaker that's mm-hmm. you know I think beats the U.S. Open trophy because it's just the U.S. Open trophy it doesn't have a name it's got yeah. a name if you want to see where I was preparing to go I googled um Bobby Boucher Bourbon Bowl trophy <laughs> see if there was like a I was thinking of like movie, you know. I was yeah, like, it's did, good remember, did remember the Titans win anything? Like, you know the the Masters Trophy itself is actually very underrated. It is, it's Butler Cabin. Yeah, I was gonna say it's the yeah, it's the cabin. It's yeah, it's a gorgeous trophy. Mm-hmm. It almost I, like it, it's, and I think that's what you get to take with you. It looks like it's like one of the not a Lego set, but like you can build those like buildings out of metal and like the Empire State Building. It's kind of like a Lincoln like, Lincoln log. Kind of, yeah. It, it does look awesome. Thing. So, I'm with you on that. Yeah, it's there's 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 a lot of good trophies, a lot of good trophies out there. It's not a shock at the match. There's probably some some excellent bowl game trophies out there that we just yeah, like, I, even, they just, yeah, yeah I was thinking about. There's that. there's so many. There's just so much stuff out there. Um, Nick Kaner medley, Maryland person of the week. Uh, I will start. I will start because I always throw it to you guys. I will start. Um, I'm going to take uh, Champions League finalist, Zach Steffen, former Maryland goalkeeper, made the Champions League. Banks pumps his fist. He thought I was going to take his. Taking Zach, incredible accomplishment. To go from college soccer to that level is amazing. Uh, he will probably not play in the final. He, he's the backup goalkeeper, but. Shout out to Zach Steffen. That was really cool to see today. And he's a good guy. What's up? Say so he's a good person. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to just jump in here. I'm going to take my guy. I'm going to take Mel Kuyper. Got to take Mel Kuyper. He's mm-hmm. got to be taken this week. He does this thing. This is, this is the Super Bowl, obviously. He's the best in the business. He's been doing it for so long. Of course, we talked about it a little last week, him with the clips of him with the Jets GM and that all that stuff, but him just going out there and grinding through picks and 
knowing soup to nuts what he's going to say about each of the guys and all the, the the weaknesses and strengths and all that stuff it's it's his time to shine and he shines every single year he's unbelievable mel kuiper jr local native and um i don't that's he about created it. that job yeah like he, he really created, created the draft he cre- they do yeah. it every year yeah. and they're like you gotta have much created the draft he created the draft yeah so it's unbelievable like he 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 was good at something and he was like, I could probably make money off this. And like the story of just how he did it, it, it's unbelievable. And again, he literally created an entire industry because as we've talked about now, everyone and their mother thinks that they're on, I don't need Greg's opinion with his 250 <laughs> followers on, on why, you know, Stevens was his, was, was a six round pick in his book and stuff like that. But Mel Kuyper does it, does it good. And I don't he- want to cut- are you anything else or I don't want to cut you off. No, I was just going to say that he gets in a Calvert Hall mention every draft now. It's tremendous. But yeah, he got the lacrosse one in. He got the lacrosse one in. And he, I'm sure that, that he loves that. That's, that's yeah. what he lives for. Yeah. Um, I'll go. My, mine's draft related too. It's um, my, my buddy Dean Tejada for, who does um, um, Thread Level Midnight. Todd, just all kinds of office references in here now. Uh, Thread Level Midnight, the t-shirt company. He, the Ravens flew him out to Cleveland for the draft and he was the one, he had the, the Mo cut out and was getting pictures. He was sending me and Jeremy Kahn and Mo's mom, a bunch of cutouts of them all over with Michael Irvin and like sitting in Goodell's chair up there on the, uh, on the, the podium and all that stuff. So they, they were, they were spreading the, the Mo love out there and it was cool that the Ravens, I don't know what the Ravens flew him out there for or what it was, but it was, it was pretty cool to, uh, to see all those pictures from uh from Cleveland. Um, my honorable mentions here, uh, Jake Funk, who we just talked about earlier, has to get an honorable mention. Incredible story, awesome kid who deserved that moment. Um, and I hope that he, Kuiper was you know all about Funk, and he's always all about the Maryland guys. He he does he does us well, Mister Kuiper. But uh, I really hope he gets a chance to play in the NFL. Um, Maryland's now had three consecutive drafts running backs taken Ty Johnson, Anthony McFarland, Jake Funk. Did you see it? Some would say. I think it was Funk tweeted that the picture of them and inside Cole. Yeah, with Javon Leak and Fleet and all those guys. Yeah. Best running back room in, in Maryland. Maryland history. The funny part is there have been some like pretty good running back rooms. Like even like Bruce Perry and Josh yeah, Bruce Allen. Bruce Perry and Josh Allen. Like they have Keon Lattimore and Mario Merrill's uh, and those guys. Yeah. And, and, um, um, and Lance Ball, like mm-hmm. there are some like very good running backs, Darrell Scott. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a guy. I don't know. It's we we'd have to go back and see all those guys like cross over, but um, and not to take away from what Jake said, but there there have been some there have been some uh, some solid running back rooms. Um, any honorable mentions from you guys? And I had Kuiper as well, but uh, sure. Um, I'm gonna take the the 2021 Old For- Forester Turf Classic, which was the final race before the Kentucky Derby on Saturday. Was electric. Finished in a dead heat. They took 22 minutes to look and review with all the film, all the video review. It's a tie. It's a dead heat. But um, that was just an electric, like half hour. That I just one of those things where you just it's just mayhem and nobody knows what's going on. Domestic spending caught. Colonel Liam at the finish line there, and it was nose and nose, and it was literally a top. Domestic spending is a tremendous name for a horse. It is. It is. <laughs> I'm also going to take uh, Bob Baffert. You got to take Baffert. Unbelievable. Kentucky Derby's the goat. He's the goat. Um, he's just, he is just so Bob Baffert. 
He's looked the same for 25 years. I know. Our I whole existence as, as horse guys, it's Woo. amazing. Woo. 68 years old. <laughs> Legend. I, I just don't understand why, why you would bet against him. Like, he's he, – It he seems does like it's year. more than seven, too. It when they said like seven, I assume that they were like, since 2010. I was like, You oh, know yeah, what's interesting seven, about this? You, know? you want to hear the five the, – the seven years? 97, 98, 02, 15, 18, 20, 21. Did Big he, gap. Some would say, what's he been doing lately? But I'm not saying that. So are we talking trash cans? Are we talking buzzers? Talking – I mean, I don't know what he's doing with his horses. Okay. No, allegedly, 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 and I think I love Bob Baffert. He's great. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, you know, stirring. Uh, I'm gonna throw one more honorable mention out there to Tom Wilson. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. Somebody's uh, gotta do go. it. Somebody's gotta do it. I mean, mm-hmm. Tom Wilson. Say what you will about his antics, Plays but hard. he, yeah, I know this is almost like a tired thing to say, but he really does own all the real estate in the world and everybody else has had he i mean he crossed a line to a degree in which if it was anybody else nobody's talking about this whatsoever it's just a scrum that went a little bit overboard he put his team at a into a two two man disadvantage and sat out 10 minutes when they were already shorthanded like he hurt his team badly and they overcame it and they won the game and he potted the empty netter so and everybody's just big time mad online and the Rangers have just released the most ridiculous statement, I think, in the in the history of statements tonight, crying about it. So um, he's just a content factory. He's the absolute, as they say, man rocket. So Golden Tom guy. Wilson. He's the Golden guy. Yeah. I, 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 the Rangers statement was yep. insanely dramatic. I do think there is, like, room for the Tom Wilson outrage because this is just what he's done his entire career. And that's the perception. I know there's a different perception from. I understand outrage, but everybody just losing their minds, like lose, mm-hmm. like handcuffs. Hand, Keith, the Keith, the Keith Olbermann tweet was unbelievable. Well, he's a lunatic. I mean, he's he totally is. lost his mind. I mean, he, well, yeah, the Pittsburgh people chime it in. Like, well, I mean, that's, did you see, that's the, yeah, did you see well, Crosby tonight? Guess who had a guy down on the ice and was like shoving his face into the ice. That mm-hmm. I, that was a retweet from. 2018. No, no, no. I think there was another not one. The, no. Not the. Oh, okay. no, this is, I think this was a new one. He was playing the Flyers tonight. I can check. Yeah, I, I know they. I know the one. It's just hockey. It's just hockey, and because he's hit people with his elbows a couple times, and and borderline left his feet for a few hits. Like when he when he he does not is not afforded the right to just do normal hockey stuff now. Also, yeah, no, this one is from tonight, May 4th, 2021. Him and Crosby and, and some guy on the Flyers legitimately got into a wrestling match on the ice. Just hockey being hockey, baby. It's a yep. disgusting scene that and Crosby. Horrifying act of violence. Yes. Is that's the phrase. Insane phrase to throw in that statement. Tomorrow, I mean, they play a, tomorrow. They play Thursday, don't they? Which tomorrow. is going to be a scene. That yeah, is going to be an absolute scene. I think it's on yeah. national TV. That's going to be an absolute scene. going to be an absolute scene. Uh, a horrifying act of violence. I mean, there's three games left in regular season. So, by the way, they also called for hot. they also called for a league official's job, which is a hell of a thing to do on a statement like that, a public statement like that. I mean, they Wilson is changing. What can the league do if they the fire call, him? Then they look like they can just nothing. Be bullied first by of all, a team. the league's not going to fire him. I know. And fire. then if they don't fire him, like, what do you do? I mean, they have you to. They have to like 
they have to like discipline the Rangers in some way to not just have openly mock. Yeah. You can't have that either. Goodell would have someone kill stuff. The Capitals just said they are not responding and they'll let the NHL handle it. (laughs) That's just awesome. Correct. Uh, The NHL, like if I'm the NHL, I come out and I, 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 I put a full support behind our process. You have to put, they have to put full support behind their process. They went through a process. They've suspended this guy a million times before. Um, I just think that's, I mean, the, the the call that must have happened from Bettman to the owner of the Rangers, whoever the general manager, of the Ranger, whoever taking the call must have a really, really interesting call the past couple of hours. Uh, you have any honorable mentions, RDT? Um, I was going to say the, the like production crew for the draft, because having all that film and, and, and just all that stuff on, on standby and you, you know, you, you have seconds to get it all up and get the right clip going and get the right zoom feed and get the right interview teed up and get the right mic on. It's like, it's incredible that they can just, they do it flawlessly every year. There's never any hiccups during the draft and it's unbelievable. Like, and, and especially right now where they had all of the draftees with like zoom stuff, mm-hmm. which I'm sure they'll do now with the people they don't invite the, but they had seemingly everybody. And, and it's, it's it right away. It didn't work. It never, we were saying this on Thursday, it never doesn't work. They, it always works. Mm-hmm. It's an, it's we have trouble on most, here and yeah. they have it set up perfectly. It's one of the most amazing sports productions of the year. Ever yes. since. I, year. And I, I can only imagine it's being in that truck. more impressive the last two years. The all Zoom one or the all video one and then this one. Mm-hmm. They're just amazing. Yep. And it's getting shown on three channels. working away at her inflatable trash can again. I'm yeah, looking, I don't know I'm what they're, what they're talking city. about. They took it New away. York City's and, lost its mind. Yeah. The, these people are the, – the Yankee fans tonight are just the biggest crybabies I've ever seen in my it's life. It's unbelievable. I mean, behind our and, Astros and banks too. Who's been saying it from, for this entire podcast? Just people just whining about are, the Astros. Are you still a Astros guy? Yeah. Hmm. As long as this nonsense is going on. I'm glad they have you to defend them. I haven't seen a lot of public defense from you on Twitter unless you've done it while we've been recording. There's been a little bit. Just about I, I called <laughs> New York City soft. Oh, that's fine. Um, they, they've yeah. been sued. The, the clip of them tonight getting up and standing with their backs to the bleacher creatures <laughs> in right field too, the, the, the real hardos of Yankee Stadium, standing with their backs to the Astros while the Astros are hitting. Meanwhile, Domingo Herman, who was suspended for domestic abuse, is on the mound is is an insane thing for the Yankee fans to do. I mean, there's and, just... and then they'll cheer Aroldis Chapman when he comes in tonight. Yeah, they are showing this woman's. They have to, this, whoever this woman's on the phone is has to be saying like you're on. You've been on TV for ten minutes. Yeah, she's got more airtime than 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 Alex Bregman. Has Wars, all of this going on, by the way, while while like they're all in Star Wars Jedi garb has just been <laughs> one of the more bizarre broadcasts of the year. Oh, I, uh, another uh, honorable mention, Scott Van Pelt making Tim Kirkjian, like, piss himself again the other night. Do you have any thoughts on this Premier Golf League thing, Banks, before we get out of here? Have you read about that It's got to be stopped. Like, I don't know who's going to bite on it, if anybody, but it's just got to stop. Like, they it's have why to the PGA trying to do it. did this entire um, – they, Yeah, they did the whole PIP thing, uh, the player – Yeah, player incentive. Impression program. something or whatever, yeah. But – it's, I mean, somebody big has to step up and stop this, and I think it has to be Augusta National. 
Augusta National will not let this happen. Yeah, yeah like exactly. If you join this, you're you're ineligible for the for the Masters. Correct. Correct. I think if they yep. come out and say that, then that flex will on them. Take a good amount of steam out of it as well. Mm-hmm. And there's a chance they've already done that. I don't. I'm not. Kind of like sure. an off the record thing. What I don't understand is who is who. Who's? I mean, I think, I think McElroy was sort of in, potentially involved. I don't know. He's been known to chase bags. He's an interesting guy. Um, any rants? Do you guys have to? You guys need to get anything off your chest before we get out of here for the people? I feel like we've kind of touched on a few mini rants here. I mean, the this whole Astros thing is a little mini Talked one. About the, Tom Wilson. the Rangers crying is another it's just New one. New York as a whole right now. Yeah. The Star Wars thing is like, come on, settle down. Like, Arena I, don't, I don't like Star Wars. It's okay, everybody, if you like Star Wars, whatever. I do. Yeah. You yeah. know, I've kind of gotten over just being like, you fucking nerds. Like, I don't need to do all that. But wow. it's been very over the top here for this broadcast. Well, so here, it's and here's, so, the, here's the it's thing. So extra. This is a very long conversation. It's Disney. It's Disney. But this I is know. Disney integration. I mean, this is brand integration. Disney's doing across platforms to expand into new audiences. And like the Arena of Heroes last night, my friend, she would have never watched, my friend Megan would have never watched um, the NBA game last night. She What's turned up, it on because of the Arena of Heroes. Turned it on because of the Arena of Heroes. There you go. Disney. Disney. Artist company in the world. Uh, that's the podcast for this week. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to everyone that tuned in to our um, instant analysis at Jimmy's Seafood, a, a great event. Marlon Humphrey, Hollywood Brown, Matt Judon, all in attendance, raising a lot of money for good causes. Tremendous stuff from them. Make sure to follow us on all of the social media channels. You can follow me at Taylor Smith 10. You can follow Eric at E D I T T I 22. You can follow Banks at Barstool Banks. Um, you can follow the podcast at Exit 52 Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, make sure to pop us a five-star rating review, all those different things. Um, it's always good to see that feedback, tweet anything at us, questions, comments, concerns, things you want us to talk about. We are always, uh, enjoy, um, corresponding with the people and we will see you next time on the exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's seafood.